0: Hi, and welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring out someone in the RPG space and talk about something cool they're working on. I'm Mo, and today we're talking to David Blandy, designer of Ecomofos. Heads up, our connection was mostly good, but there were some sound issues. Also, Ecomofos is kickstarting right now.
1: It's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And um, yeah, my name is David Blandy and I am um, a fine artist uh, and a um, game designer. And the elevator pitch is um, Ecomofos, Mad Max meets um, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind um, in a near future weird hope world.
0: Weird hope. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's
1: like um it's like the the opposite of grimdark. So, you know, grimdark is is like
2: mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm.
1: The, the the classic trope. I mean, kind of semi-invented maybe, but in by like uh, Games Workshop Warhammer um Warhammer 40K, that kind of idea of like um everything's grim and everything's going wrong and mm-hmm, the world's mm-hmm. going going terrible. This is sort of like well the world's getting a bit better but everything's strange and that's that's weird hope you see so it's it's the idea that we can imagine a future that is actually something positive but yeah odd (laughs) so so that's where it starts
0: yeah i I, i'm I'm hearing i'm hearing almost a comparison to Morkborg. um i i I, want to get into that but first let's talk about the name of your game um i saw it i guess it's a good name it grabbed my attention and i was like what what's 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 uh what, what are these game designers trying to say with eco mofos what is, what is that what is that an allusion to reference of
1: yeah i've made i've, I've made a number of uh, solar punk games in the past so um kind of thinking about bright future things um there was a game called lost eons and then there was a solo version called lone eons and before that, even, there was a game called The World After, which was looking at kind of post-human 8,000 years in the future kind of world. Um, and I wanted to make something just a bit with a bit more attitude. And I was looking at a system um, which it uses quite simple stats. It sort of has quite an indie flavor. But... Um, it's full of, yeah, full of attitudes. And I thought, okay, well, I'll make, I'll make Solar Bastards as like kind of a, a version of my uh, Lost Eons game uh-huh. as a way to kind of bring it into a, another place. But then as I kept making the game and it get, became closer and closer to these uh, other games, like Into the Odd and Ken, it didn't feel right to be calling it Bastards because it's like, it's too close to. It, it, it would be almost like misselling this thing. So I was, so I was thinking of a, a, how how else I could kind of phrase this thing. And they are like, I mean, all the players play as punks. So I was thinking of like, you know, something quite punky and with lots of attitude. And um, but they're also like eco warriors. So and eco punk is already taken by another game. So I thought like, well, what about like, yeah, eco, eco something eco mofos so it's like kind of yeah they it's kind of because it's it's sort of profane but it's also sort of i guess cute in a way because it's not it's not the profanity that it's alluding to okay <laughs> so that's that's kind of where where it, where it came from and and it's it stuck and the, it kind of has this double exclamation mark as a kind of nod to um like the uh a video game called and um, anime called Bastards, which I mm-hmm. always quite liked, um, and and also to Troika which is a British uh, role-playing game that you might know, but that's also yep. exclamation marks. And it's just it, there's sort of a tradition of, of silly, silly exclamation mark games in in tabletop roleplay. So I thought thought it kind of fitted fitted this particular game. And and yeah, like you say, it it worked, it worked, it got your attention and you're, 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 you're you're interested in entering into the world. So uh, yeah, job done.
0: (laughs) What I love about your intro is that you consider yourself a fine artist and you're making RPGs. And so I love (laughs) the illusion that RPGs are fine arts. Uh, (laughs) I think it might be a bridge too far, but um, I'll take it um how did you get into game design
1: let's 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 say it's it's an arena I'm exploring okay (laughs) I mean I think I think I think it's a space with a lot of potential I got into designing I mean in a weird way I've been designing games since I was a little kid like running around with my my action force which is the uh, the british version of gi joe's Mm -hmm, and kind mm -hmm. of giving them stats and kind of rolling rolling for whether they hit or not and then discovering the red box in a in a little game store it's actually like a a railway hobby store um in in a little town in britain and kind of you know just thinking this is incredible and i have no idea how to play this and then (laughs) like going on to be being obsessed with, like, uh, Warhammer 40K, painting hundreds of miniatures and playing probably two battles in my life because, like, no one else has the right gear and it's just, like, <laughs> it's just one of those classic nerd pursuits. And then mm-hmm. I got more into video games for a long time, uh, you know, playing a lot of Japanese role-playing games and um, and and just other stuff like fighting games and stuff and got really into those worlds. But uh, around 2015, I started um, thinking that... I wanted to do something with my kids that wasn't screen based. So, mm-hmm. um, and I had really fond memories of the idea of Dungeons and Dragons. I hadn't played it much, but I love, and, and then my friend, Daniel Locke, who happens to be the artist on, on mofos showed me his red box and open, I opened up the pages and it was like a revelation. It was like, these are images that are seared into my retina. I've never, I, 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 remember this cleric. I remember this dwarf. I remember this, this dragon. And I was thinking, what is the power of these images? This is incredible. Like, mm-hmm. like the, the, that the, these images should have such an effect on me. So that, that kind of made me think that maybe there's something interesting here. And then we start our friends in Brighton, which is where I live in the South of England. Um, and, Yeah, started making a homebrew world, um, which was kind of, you know, already messing with some of the tropes of orcs and things. And because I find that deeply problematic Um, and ideas of alignment, I found deeply for me, you know, orcs. I mean, it's there, it's there in the Tolkien, in a way, it's sort of, it's that idea of like, the savage, it's often like very racially coded and you just, it's, it, di- it doesn't sit right with me. There's not, it's, it's, and I, I kind of hate to say it, but it it, you know, there's a kind of a, a, racist undercurrent to that, to, to orcs in general. Um, I mean, there shouldn't be, it's just a, you know, it's a fantasy thing, but it's, it's everything that gets associated with it. So if I have, if I'm playing like a an OSR game or something, something that, that kind of has lots of orcs in it, then I just, it becomes pigmen or something. It's becomes something that's blatantly right. not human um, for me. It, it become you know, just so to, to kind of deal with that in some way. But anyway, I was, yeah, I was really homebrewing mm-hmm. my settings, um, trying to create um, the uh, worlds that I found interesting, um, creating, yeah, problematic situations for my my um, my players kind of playing with one of one of the players was a half orc and I had had him kind of confront the fact that he you know he's not just half Mm -hmm. human he's half orc and it's it's kind of thinking about ancestry in a more kind of direct way and um, anyway that that all became um, I kind of felt like reached the end of of dealing with 5e and and started thinking about how to create my own game another of the players um, in that group uh, Matt Goulson had created a system a whole system by himself and I thought this is amazing so like let's let's see what we can do with this and it was like um, it was a dice pool system so it was like the, the better you are at something the more dice you had to roll and then you're you're rolling successes and it was like the more the more like five or sixes you get then the kind of right. the better the result and and it was fun it was, it was really you know really kind of easy um easy to pick up and play you don't have to do much maths because you're just counting the number of successes but i found i i played it a lot with a lot of people and that became the world after um but I found, yeah, it was just a little bit unwieldy, basically, and um, I was kind of searching around for other other ideas for, for where I could go next. So then I got really interested in Jason Tochi's uh, Twenty Four Hundred. I don't know if you know that at all. Um, it's a uh, an indie game that it kind of strips everything down to the bare basics. So your stat is a dice so like if you're really bad at something it's a d4 if you're really good at something it's like a d12 and kind of in between and then you're trying to get um you're trying to get a four is a partial success um a five is a partial success yeah and a six is a success so on a if you've only got a d4 the best you can hope for yeah. is a partial success it's kind of quite an in, like like and but you know most players have like d6 d8 for, for different things and it's yeah it's really again really easy to pick up it's um you don't have to do any maths because rather than having kind of um bonuses and things you're you're just using right. the next dice up or something if you're good at something you use the dice down if if like say you're being impaired by something um and it also had the that kind of mixed success thing which i found quite interesting um you know rather than it being pass or fail it's like well you've got you've done it but here's a complication mm-hmm. to go along with it so you've managed to shoot the guy but now you're exposed and and they can shoot you back right. or something like it's 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 um, very it, it leads to interesting narrative moments so um so yeah that was that was a good thing to play with but um after having made lost eons i so i wanted to get into the history of dungeons and dragons the history of modules and adventures that are pre-written yeah. so you could you could kind of play in the space that um say my setting is so what is now eco mofos and then just drop in i don't know um Palace of the Silver Princess and be able to kind mm-hmm. of journey through that in the same in the same kind of world and using the, the same stats and kind of be able to easily convert the monsters and stuff into into what it is and a whole community exists around this system called Cairn or which is derived from a game called into the odd and it's a right. roll un, roll under system. So rather than like you know the maths of sort of um, adding bonuses and things, you you have a stat and you try and roll under that if you're trying to save from something. So kind of added into this system is a whole principle of the idea that you don't ever roll for something like say perception. Like if you can see something, you can see it. <laughs> like it kind of right. it it relies on on um effectively often the what's called in um cairn the warden in um in my game the guide and mentor the gm telling telling the giving the players all the information so you you can you know this is what you see this is the the situation um there's kind of mist here, and there's a monster right through the mist. You know, what do you do? It's sort of it. It, it starts up. Uh, yeah, it's not not. There's not so much kind of surprise if there's a trap. You kind of give mm-hmm. an indication that say, you know, you see some marks in the wall. Um, it looks like there's a slot in the ceiling. Like <laughs> like you can kind of give them all that, and then if they still want to go through it. Well, you know, you, you, you knew that there was problem there and yet you still right. persisted and, yeah, you take D6 damage or whatever. So it's like um, it's, it's very much um, based on um, what's called player agency. So the player having mm. as much uh, as much information as possible before making choices and kind of affecting the world, basically. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah
0: you jump you've jumped ahead uh i I definitely (laughs) want to talk about the mechanics um so the this can system how do you spell it um just for people who who are
1: c-a-i-r-n it's the name of a pile of stones that you um have in in the the uk particularly scotland Mm -hmm. yeah a Cairn. okay yeah the
0: cairn system
1: Yeah, it's it's written by uh, Yochai Gal, who has an Mm -hmm. excellent podcast called Between Two Two Cairns, and uh, yeah, I'd recommend that, which he he co-hosts with with, um, artist and designer Brad Kerr, and yeah, they talk a lot about um, the history of role-playing games on their podcast, so yeah, check it out.
0: It sounds deep and crunchy, I might check it out. what kind of experience or feeling is somebody going to have playing this game? Like, um, I find that you know, D D, the the default action is uh, going into the place, killing all the stuff, you get the treasure, and you get to um, advance and level because um, you know the the stuff you kill has associated points called XP with it. Yes. Um, how what that that is that is like a the main thrust of the game kind of what's the main thrust of your game it is and like what are what are the feelings we're going to have
1: okay so the main thrust is exploration discovery mm-hmm. wonder so you're going to be finding things that um you're surprised by um, mm-hmm. the the system is set up so um, as well as like this very sim- simple roll under system, there's also a procedural adventure system inside it. So you don't actually have to prep at all. You could just use the tables that exist inside the game mm. and you you would kind of progress from point to point um, discovering the world as you go effectively so like here's you have journey areas and then you have the actual points that you reach and then those can be various different things layers bunkers uh, settlements um and then you kind of discover what's inside those things through through further tables but as really? you as you go through that um there's always the chance of loot turning up, like stuff, like interesting bits and pieces. Sometimes it's just kind of some piece of detritus from the old world. Maybe it's a USB stick. Um, Maybe it's uh, like a a, a weird plastic toy, but um, it might be what's called a key item. And if you find a key item, you can actually kind of absorb that into your body. Maybe it's an implant, maybe it's a strange uh, like, substance maybe it's um an orb which is like um you know like there's that meme of the the wizard o- observing their orb it's like <laughs> this kind of magical thing that you can actually mm-hmm. absorb into your body and that gives you more spells and stuff so it's got it's got all of these so the advancement comes through the items that you find in a kind of like a, almost like a procedural way almost like um, say in Final Fantasy, like the old versions, Final Fantasy Five, Six, or um, like almost in, like in Pokemon, where you're you're searching for a particular Pokemon, you have to go into a region, <laughs> and you kind of you, you keep finding the really terrible ones, and then eventually, like oh, there's Mew, and like it's like you know you, you bring out your Master Ball and you grab it. It's like <laughs> it's um it's that kind of feeling, but for for items that you find. So the the key mm-hmm. items are really rare. Like you have to go kind of be lucky with one role and then kind of lucky on a separate sub table but they you know but they exist out there and so the more you explore the more likely you are to find more and the more likely you are to to effectively level up in the game so it's it's a, it's a system that through from kind of the ground up is encouraging you to explore every nook and cranny to kind of um, go to the places that look dangerous because that's where you're going to find this strange stuff and it's not you know if you kill things it doesn't you know they might be in your way they might be threatening your life but they might Mm -hmm. also be interesting to talk to so it's not it's not Mm -hmm. like the killing things doesn't actually kind of mechanically help you in terms of leveling up so there isn't that sort of impetus to Immediately think right. We must engage with this. It's more like kind of how do I negotiate with this thing so that we all get out alive? It's like it's like more of the the starting point. And sometimes the best thing to do is run away. Like that's just that's just good sense. My my Shifu, my teacher at uh, Shaolin Kung Fu, always told me that the best kung fu is to, is running. So <laughs> I, I take that advice on, and I've, I've taken put it into this game.
0: Um, is so? Are the players um, uh, I, I had a conversation with, uh, I think on this podcast, <laughs> I don't know if it's aired yet, um, where, where we talked about how, um, there, there are systems that kind of try to keep characters, uh, equally able to do, uh, equal amounts of damage, right? And then right. there are systems that kind of share spotlight like how how mm. are your characters like differentiated and kind of what do they do in the world
1: okay yeah so there's there's 36 different key items in the world 36
0: 36 items okay
1: yeah and 36 adaptations so you start with one adaptation at the beginning so so when, are
0: key items characters
1: no key items are just they're just these these items okay, <laughs> they're okay. things okay. they're things that you can find and then the um but they kind of become part of you to be, to as your character kind of develops so when when you start the game you start with one adaptation so that is like your special ability in the world mm-hmm. and that is it would be like Somewhat any other player could get that adaptation if they find the correct key item, but you've got you've got it basically already installed if it was like a disk drive, you know, but it's actually <laughs> it's part of part of you. Like maybe right. you can turn into flame. Maybe you are just extremely lucky or like um, a, a grifter who who every time they play cards, they, they kind of things turn out right. It's like like there's there's lots of different types of abilities. Um, you roll on a d66 table to, to find mm-hmm. your first adaptation so you ro- and that first six is defined by what health points you have so you roll your hp so if you get a 1 that's not so great but it means you you are going to have spells from the beginning of the game so all the all the one all the people who roll 1 for their hp they they're, they're a, a sort of spellcaster of some sort mm-hmm. um, and they have yeah access to different different abilities there
0: and do they have um, one HP, or is that just where it falls on the table?
1: Oh, yeah. No, they, they have one HP for the game. But you've got to remember that this is this is the Into the Odd Cairn system. And HP is not like HP in um, Dungeons & Dragons. It is hurt protection. So what that means is it's the kind of an indication of how good you are at avoiding damage in battle. So <laughs> it just if you go to zero HP, it doesn't actually kill you. You go. It start, but the damage starts eating into your actual strength score. And once your strength gets to zero, that's when you die. So gotcha. it's it's kind of like it, it's a bit like um, that that definition between like uh, grit and flesh. It's like kind of it's like how how able you are to to like kind of negotiate the situation. And then once once you're kind of exhausted or whatever. Then suddenly, like it actually start, you start getting flesh wounds, and that starts that's hurting, that's and, that's and that's it's that's it's, right. it's difficult. So it becomes like a it's a kind of death spiral, basically, because each time it you get hurt, your flesh gets hurt, you have to do a save underneath what your new strength is. So that's going mm-hmm. down and down, um, and then if you if you fail, you don't die. You're just down. You're incapacitated for that for that. Um, space, so right. you need your friends to kind of you know patch you up, basically. So actually, death isn't isn't as common as you would imagine because people normally fail that de- that save before they get to zero strength. So it's kind of it, it evens out a little bit, and hmm. uh, as long as as long as people are working together, it's it's all right. Um,
0: how does the weird hope figure into this? That that sounded really
1: interesting. Uh, yeah, it's. Well, the, the, the overall objective for the punks that you play in the game is to find a glade. And the glade is where you're gonna start your new community and it's where you're gonna kind <laughs> of settle. And it's like a safe space in this kind of otherwise quite dangerous environment and mm-hmm. in order to find a glade you have to find a hermit who will give you a vision of where it is so that's kind of your first mission is like to find this this old croaky man you know maybe it's like a, a kind of yoda figure or something or um yeah maybe it's um like um who's the name of the the elf in lord of the rings like Gwinevere. Anyway, yeah. yeah, like, like, kind of, you know, some sort of seer type character who kind of um, has ideas about the world, and then you have a conversation with them, and they kind of point you in the right direct direction, and then, then suddenly like the d3 table of um locations turns into a d4 table and it becomes a possible for its for glades to happen so it kind of again procedurally through the game it, it kind of allows this this randomness to to generate the a kind of a potential endpoint but it could be just like turning into more like kind of a a a domain play. so once you find Mm -hmm. the glade it's about kind of protecting that space or kind of going out from there and discovering new things but it's kind of it gives a gives a different arc to the to the world but I suppose it also comes out through obviously the writing it's it's often things aren't just terrible they're also wonderful and kind of and the world is rewilding it's um a lot of um kind of modern civilization is sort of Died back, and people have escaped to underground bunkers. So the nature is taking back over, and it's yeah. it's sort of you know it's a hopeful idea of, um, yeah, the, the future is, um, is like is I guess it's scary, but it's scary because we have to change in order to. Right. Um, to be part of it, and that's that's maybe that's partly where the weirdness comes from too. So it's like you know accepting that you're going to have to change and the world's going to be weird, but um, yeah, but we can survive this world. So it's yeah, it's kind of taking on ideas from from people like um, philosopher Donna Haraway or maybe a uh, humanist writer like uh, Ursula Le Guin, like, thinking about mm. those sorts of writings or or like uh, even the the films of Hayao miyazaki like Uh nausicaa valley of the wind and um spirited away and um princess Mononoke*, they kind of all all give this kind of both wonderful but maybe slightly frightening but also um yeah hopeful vision of of what what humanness can be
0: right what we try to be human yeah (laughs) (laughs) I, i i like that like i i find that um in a lot of these newer uh, more innovative games um you know the words really matter and Mm. uh some games would say you're looking for a home um some would say you're looking for a base but you specifically say you're looking for a glade and that Mm. really kind of evokes the um naturalness of the place you will be safe that's interesting Mm. um i also dig that you know it's it's not common. A lot of people want to play one shots, but a lot, <laughs> most people don't want to play games that have ends.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, we like mm. to leave these characters uh, wondering what they'll do next. And you seem to do that with the notion of the glade. You can come to a a end. We found a glade, and then like you're you have backstory now. You have depth of character, and you could continue playing. I think that's pretty mm. cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think, you know, I've found that with groups, often there's kind of like a sweet spot of about, like, four or five sessions which is quite nice it's like you know you have that kind of energy of the, like the one shot but you've mm-hmm. allowed the allowed um, these characters to develop and the relationships to develop and you know sometimes it's just you know scheduling everything it's like it's difficult to kind of keep campaigns games going mm-hmm. forever so rather than it be like kind of yeah we just let that drift and like kind of we never get to the end it's like Here's a possible endpoint, like kind of right. we can kind of draw that in, and and it, it works to to do that. But yeah, I think I think it it allows um, campaigns to be quite organic in that way, which I think I think is helpful. And of course, you know, it, it, it accommodates a, a one shot system. I've written a one shot adventure for the for the system called A Hole in the Ground, um, which mm-hmm. is investigating this underground bunker and. Yeah, it's it's fun to. I, I love one shots. I've been been running quite a lot of them recently, kind of mother shot mothership ones and OSR stuff. Um, but it's yeah, I, I like also that kind of both the middle and kind of longer form. You kind of you get a different, you create a different sense of community with the players. So
0: right, mechanically, um, you you mentioned that there was a way to approach monsters and challenges in a way that. Um, you know it's not all resolving in fights um mm. mechanically how do you solve problems <laughs> eco
1: yeah it's i mean a lot of it is is narrative so first first of all you have the kind of the osr convention of the reaction role so if if there's a character a creature that you're not sure how it's going to react to the players so you know maybe Mm -hmm. there's something horrific like the tentacle hell which is in the in the uh, bestiary you know they're normally hungry you pretty much know what that's going to do it's going to try and attack the players but for something more more sort of abstract like i mean i don't know maybe there's a a ratlin which is sort of like a a a rat human type character (laughs) like there's there's um you'll roll a reaction roll and if it's if it's low they're aggressive if it's kind of in the middle they're unsure and if it's if it's high then they might even be friendly for for some reason maybe they they kind of think you can get them food or something it becomes like a yeah and then it's about the players sort of working out what you know is is there something that this creature needs is, is mm-hmm. it in trouble like it becomes becomes more like a pro- problem-solving exercise rather than necessarily like right let's kill it I guess that's the first reaction you know and with with fights being kind of dangerous especially for the characters that have one HP or whatever like they're mm-hmm. going to be looking they're going to be encouraged not to go like fight first it's more you know, if they are going to fight, then they're going to want to find some form of advantage before taking them on. So maybe, maybe they can kind of retreat and kind of go around the back, or maybe there's sort of I don't know. There's a, a water tower that could be brought down and like kind of put the the, the opposition in in a in a difficult situation. Like like it, yeah, you can kind of think about it narratively rather than kind of straight away. Right, let's get the guns out and go blazing.
2: You know?
0: So I, I started off playing D and and mm. I played a a lot of superhero games for a long time um if you're not fighting what is magic for
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 another i guess for me it's another tool so it's you know it's how to get round a door or it's how to kind of negotiate an environment it's how to um fool a trader or something into into something advantageous like it's 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 another way of manipulating the world it's Mm -hmm. like really really all that you have in these in this sort of system like kind of i don't know say the cairn system into the odd all the items you have are tools in your toolbox they're things that you Mm -hmm. can use in kind of it's it's Giving the players the opportunity to show their cleverness through <laughs> through using the, the tools that they're disposable, in a in a in with ingenuity with with kind of um, thinking outside of the box and kind of like right. well I have this toothpick. like Mm -hmm. but it's it's in my it's in my it's in my inventory maybe i I could use the toothpick to do this thing you know like yeah i guess
0: with toothpicks that i get it but when you say magic is magic just a generic you make a magic roll or do you have a list of spells as a character
1: there's a a list of spells there's a list of d of 100 spells which
0: what kind of of spells does one have in this game
1: (laughs) there's there's all sorts. Like um, you can create web. You can um, hmm. um, you can create a rope. You can um, yeah fire fire from your hands. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> all these things. Okay. All these things that that kind of are similar to you know. There's there's curative magic. You know the kind of mm-hmm. curing. Uh, yeah, it's 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 lots of different ways to to manipulate your relationship with the environment, your body, the the space, it's, it's sort of, yeah, something out of normal. Um, I, yeah, I, I really like, um, the magic from something like Wizard Wizard of Earthsea, uh, which Mm. is where it's something kind of mystical and of the earth in a way. It's kind of from, I, I think of it as like from the weave of essence, um, the, the kind of the, the lore of the game is that, that after, kind of um a climate cataclysm that occurs in like about 100 years from now um gaia the earth releases this substance essence into the world Mm -hmm. and that that creates kind of it creates changes in people adaptations mutations but it also releases a sort of a magic into the air by kind of um yeah kind of connecting to this to this weave
0: yeah i have it played into the yard But, you Mm. know, full transparency, I I saw you posting about this uh, game going live on Kickstarter. And uh, I did a little digging and I was like, this is kind of weird. And I have no idea (laughs) what's going (laughs) on with this game. So this is this interview. uh, I'm hoping the audience gets something out of it. Um, It sounds really awesome, but it's really like me just like... um, is this actually something weird cool and new that i haven't seen before (laughs) um and it sounds like there's a lot of that to it and so
1: um that's awesome i really i really really hope so oh thanks very much no it's it's been a real labor of love for a few years and i'm just i'm just happy that people are, are digging it now like like it feels like it's um yeah, people love the art that, that Dan's been producing, and um, just the general feeling of it. It's it's it feels like it, it's doing something a, a little bit different in this space. So I'm I'm happy.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, are there any APs or how to tutorial videos or anything if people wanted to get a sense of how this game works?
1: Yeah, there's actually there's a um, a solo playthrough um, on. Um, which we've put on the um, Kickstarter page. So I'll, mm-hmm. you, can, you can have a look at that. And we're going to be playing through on um, the um, podcast and also stream um, weekly. Um, what's it called again? Yeah, the weekly scroll. Do you know that that, that one? I yeah, don't, the, but, yeah, but it's got a good name. <laughs> yeah, Weekly Scroll, Weekly Scroll is great. They're, they're such great guys. And w- we we are going to be playing a game with them. So we're going to introduce mm-hmm. eco-mophos, but also do do an actual play. I'm going to run them through a hole in the ground. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Oh, um, of <laughs> create create some characters. I mean, you can create characters in like five minutes. So we'll create the characters mm. in front of you and then then continue into the, into the game um and that's going to be this thursday and then um yeah we're also going to be doing something similar with uh, Plus one um exp which is another another kind of podcast stream so yeah we, there should be plenty plenty out there to have a look at um nice yeah yeah there's there's, there's lots out there <laughs> how
0: can listeners support you and oh, eco yeah. mofos
1: if you go and check out the Kickstarter, you can either like Google Ecomofo's Kickstarter. It's, it's such a unique name that it actually comes up quite quickly. Or, um, and- Great yeah, SEO. It's yeah and, and Dan, Dan, daniel luck is uh is the guy running it who is the artist on the project we're mm-hmm. we've formed we've formed a co-op together with um copy paste co-op so we're just it's, it's a very strict, simple arrangement and but we're we're also getting in a bunch of um special adventure writers to write oh. some of the uh the stretch goals so we've got um we've got samantha lee um who also known as Goblin Mixtape, um, is is writing an adventure about a a giant antlion, which has a huge layer, and you have to you have to surf down the side of this this crazy sand um, kind of sledge on the way down to um, to this kind of uh, forgotten library at the bottom, and then there's also um, Logan Dean who wrote um, the company and um, yeah, Demon F'd in Cleveland, which is a great little little pamphlet. Um, he's he's writing a adventure about a bunker that's falling into the very centre of the earth, uh, huh. we're trying to kind of get out of that as as quickly as possible. Eco, um, who runs uh, the Lost Play, he do, he also does a podcast, um, is writing an adventure about a weird bunker that is full of has this kind of is run by a mysterious ai and has this kind of strange water cult so that seems uh-huh. quite cool and then finally there's zxu who uh wrote the incredible uh, the roach god which you should definitely check out uh, and a thousand thousand islands um out of malaysia and uh he's writing a adventure about discovering a forgotten nuclear warhead and how you kind of deal with having this this problem near your settlement um yeah so that's (laughs) so there's a lot to deal with there and um yeah these um, we're really excited to get these out there like you know they're all they're all adventures that wouldn't exist otherwise and we've got a chance to support these these other creators through that process so yeah we're happy
0: nice yeah. um if people wanted to become part of your f- community how do they follow you do you have discord? oh yeah yeah
1: I, I'm, um, I'm on um i do have a discord um i'll pass the link on to you just kind of thank like you. i'm not sure i'm not sure i can <laughs> kind of say all the all the numbers and letters but like then but um also there's um obviously my twitter handle david blandy rpgs um david blandy rpgs um at david blandy rpgs and yeah that's me uh, nice. come and nice, say hello nice.
0: and and david is responsive on twitter
1: yeah no i am responsive on twitter most of the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much for your time david this sounds really cool and weird and interesting and hopeful so i think you succeeded um, oh thanks so much <laughs> it's been a real pleasure thanks for having me on for sure, man. Uh, good luck with the Kickstarter, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing some APs, and you know, your game be everywhere.
1: Fantastic!
2: Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time.